0: Support for Film Comment comes from Sundance Institute and the Sundance Film Festival, returning January 24th through February 3rd in Park City, Salt Lake City, and Sundance Resort. Discover the 2019 lineup, including world premiere films, VR experiences, panels, and more at sundance.org slash festival. Pick up your copy of the new issue of Film Comment, with features on Jean Luc Godard's The Image Book and Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace, and a special section on the best films of the year, plus reviews of the latest releases. Subscribe today at filmcomment.com. Welcome
1: to the Film Comment Podcast broadcasting live from Park City, home of the Sundance Film Festival, where we are on day one. I'm very pleased to be here. And uh, my name's Nick Repold. I'm the editor-in-chief of Film Comment, and I'm very pleased to be joined by...
2: Eric Hines, curator of film at Museum of the Moving Image and a Film Comment columnist.
1: Eric is a columnist of our uh, Make It Real column, specializing in nonfiction film. But we'll be talking about much more than nonfiction. We'll be talking about fiction as well.
2: Actually, I'm only going to be talking about nonfiction this evening. Oh, as it happens. All right, so I'll have to bring the fiction. This True time. to type. Yes. Okay, well, that's fine. fine. I can It'll handle it. Have to be it. fictional.
1: Well, the first day uh, is is almost a little fictional in that it's about anticipation about things you haven't seen yet. But it's it's a gradual process. You got to pick up your passes and you know hobnob and stock up on power bars or apples and you know that sort
2: of mundane things
1: but Eric how was your first day
2: well my first day is my second day I arrive on the Wednesday to kind of adjust and take a few meetings and things like that so today was a matter of uh, watching a few screeners to try to get ahead of the game and then Yeah. Just kind of just store up, rest up. Um, It's it's a kind of a nice way to ease into it. I think arriving on a Thursday and then immediately going into films would be tough because I I don't know about you, but I actually do suffer a bit from the altitude sickness for the first day or so. So um, I I could baby myself yesterday. Yes. I've convinced myself that the thing
1: I must do is eat a lot of uh, beef (laughs) um, in the hopes that the iron will um augment my hemoglobin production. This is why I'm a film critic and not a biologist. Or nutritionist for that matter. I think it seems to work. I'm 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 here. I'm sitting upright.
0: <laughs>
1: but enough of our, our nutrition hour. <laughs> Can we talk more about hemoglobin? Hemoglobin that's what I was hoping to do. I would yeah. love to I would love to but you know the the you know the
2: films call out we must do them justice. Um so setting a, a scene a little bit which is that in past years or in, or several many years ago i have been this is actually my 13th time in Sundance out of 14 calendar years and the first batch of years that i came there was only one film on opening night and then i think at some point there became two films on opening night and now i think there's pretty much there's nearly a full slate over the course of just 5 hours or so um i think there was I have six films or so screened tonight and so the, and the first it starts as early as 5 30 and then goes as late as nine yes
1: uh yeah so i mean it's yeah really just about a half a day already a night where you can't possibly see or uh, everything so you know characteristic of any given hour where you're always feeling like you're missing out on something yeah. and i mean you know i guess as opening night films go maybe they're they're slightly chosen to have a bit of a broader appeal or, or to have many facets to their appeal let's say mm-hmm. but uh i mean i i got in two today shall we start with yours or start with mine or well i think
2: you was so let's 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 do the chronological you saw a yes. film at five thirty. i did at five
1: thirty, <laughs> uh after my tea i saw my first film and it was called after the wedding and uh it stars julianne moore and Michelle Williams, and Billy Crudup. Actually, 20th anniversary of Jesus' Son, isn't it? Just about. That sounds right. About that. And uh, it's directed by the director of, I will always know him as the director of the Mythic of Th- fingerprints. <laughs> um, Bart Freundlich, uh, who is also, I think, spousily uh, connected to Julianne Moore uh and uh this is the first film I saw. It is a remake of a Suzanne beer film, and I think you know they they kind of flipped genders in, in for part of it, and it's about it's it's soapy. I have to say it's kind of soapy and and uh, that's how I was able to basically uh enjoy it that and and various face offs between Michelle Williams and Julianne Moore where I mean, I didn't know that I how much I, I wanted to see that until I was watching it. And the story is, uh, you know, basically uh, Julianne Moore's character and is, is married to Billy Crudup's character, and they have a daughter who's just getting married. And the wedding, um, actually, not the wedding itself, but Julianne Moore's, she plays a, a um, it's basically a high-powered executive. Are executives ever anything less than high-powered? <laughs> <laughs> I think not, um, but so she's about she's selling her companies, so she's she's you know she's sitting on a ton of cash, and about to sit on even more cash, and uh, she wants to fund an orphanage in India that Michelle Williams's character runs. But what happens is it turns out that I really should have the character names because I can't keep saying Michelle Williams. But anyway, let's just say Michelle Williams's character. Turns out has a connection to her husband. So, and this connection is quite tragic. I guess pre- predictable if you've seen the original film. But I just liked seeing it unfold. And even though the movie basically consists of people saying, "Why didn't you tell me that?" <laughs> and "When were you going to tell me?" over and over again. But Michelle
2: withheld, withheld revelations. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's right. Uh, why didn't you tell me about that? When are you going to tell me about that? How did you think that was going to make me feel? Um, I, which whenever I feel that's like actually the dialogue, I always feel like, I don't know, somebody missed the mark somewhere. But again, because of the actors, it's, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really care that much. Um, it's a very appealing cast. Yeah. I mean, Michelle Williams, maybe an actor that in recent years, uh, you know, I don't know if she's, if she's been as interesting as she was in like the previous five years, let's say, um, but here, I, 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 yeah, you know, as she is kind of grappling with uh, facing this guy that uh, who did something pretty uh, unconscionable. Um, although at the same time, I, I, you can see a certain amount of uh, reasoning behind it. She, she, they'll just have shots where just showing her, and then it's just like all reaction shot where just like there's storm is passing over her face, and she's containing the storms, and then not quite, um, and. That, you know, she and Julianne Moore also play these like steely-nerved um, type A <laughs> of folks, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not really doing justice to to either of them, but you know, Michelle Williams is often kind of like a, a recessive actor, um, and here it's 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 a bit more a bit more explosive, even mm. for her. That's not you know mm. not very outward, mm. uh, and then Julianne Moore, you know, having just watched her again recently in a in a um, Press screening of gloria bell it's it's just I, I you know it's beautiful to watch her completely and in, in, inhabit any given character you kind of throw at her um and yeah so it's uh starts with a drone shot oh yeah okay um sure and i think ends with a drone shot too which is probably not giving away much um, you but establish anyway it. How,
2: else are you gonna establish I, how
1: else is there any other way to get perspective on this crazy mixed-up world <laughs> than a drone shot
2: I gotta kind of come up with a film where there's a low-powered executive. It must be one <laughs> low energy. Just a low
1: energy executive. A Type B low low-powered. Yeah. There's a real-time four-minute nap. <laughs> um, but uh, you know that was after the wedding. I'm I'm kind of vaguely aware. I haven't read anything about it, uh, but I'm vaguely aware that maybe people thought there was just a lot of 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 story. But like I said, my you know it's it's kind of soapy you know it's it's mm-hmm. and, and again you know it's a suzanne beer source material there given the bart friendly treatment Bart <laughs> our Freundlich tre- treatment Freundlich maneuver i guess it's cold <laughs> um but it took yeah. us a
2: while one of us is going to do it
1: yeah i know i know um seemed very gallant when he introduced uh the, the screening i'll hand that to him um but yeah that was my first um theatrical experience at Sundance. And yeah. And after that, I went to Native Son, uh, which was an entirely different kettle of fish. But actually, that reminds me that the theme, because for me, the common thread between after the wedding and Native Son is that they're both about guilt. And I mean, after the wedding at times is really funny to me because it's basically a face-off between one person who wants to donate a ton of money to sort of make one person feel bad and another person feel okay. And I don't know, it's kind of assuaging guilt or aggravating guilt with this act, which is a funny thing to watch, someone throwing money um, at, 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 some, at to assuage guilt in that way. Um, just an interesting thing to see at Sundance, where I'm often aware, as many people are, about this sometimes dubious sense of catharsis that right, people are right. getting for some of the movies that they're, they're watching. Sure, sure, sure. So I don't want to, you know, hammer too hard on that, but that was just kind of funny to watch it. But anyway,
2: right. switching gears. Yes. So I saw at the Egyptian theater, the first ever theater for Sundance here in park city. And it was a kind of a thrill to go back to uh, old, pretty small, Not a very large theater at all on Main Street itself. Um, And that's where I saw the World Documentary Competition entry, The Edge of Democracy by uh, Brazilian filmmaker Petra Costa, um, whose uh, last film was Omo and the Seagull, and the first film was Elena. And uh, those two films had uh, a, a, a sort of overtly artful hybridization element that this film doesn't at all in fact this one is um while i'll I'll get to what makes it a little bit different than this for the most part it's a it's a bit more meat and potatoes in the sense that it's really recounting recent political events in brazil um basically taking us up to the current moment that they're in with a sort of far-right government uh that came in within the past year um but this kind of goes back to, well, it actually stretches back quite a bit. It goes back as as far back as mid-century, 20th century, um, but really sort of uh, traces the rise of Lula, the sort of working class um, politician that have, who came through in, in sort of union activity in the 70s and how the Brazilian democratic evolution in the decade following and how he sort of like entered into the political system um, leading up to his becoming president in the 21st century for two terms, um, so I mean it—it—it it, it, it takes you through what Petra is sort of asserting is, uh, within the grand scheme of things, actually a very limited term of democracy in Brazil following military dictatorship and you know uh, various coups over the years. She basically asserts from the beginning, and thus. Uh, opening the door to a personal element of the film, which is that she was born in the early 80s and democracy in Brazil was born around the same time so that her entire life was one that was benefited from 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 being within what her parents generation had fought for um and now she finds herself in her mid-30s or early 30s you know seeing that this what everything she thought she knew about her country is now up and up in the air and and how she's her own political awareness developed over the last decade or so and so there's a period here of i think four maybe maybe four years or so that she started filming um that i that actually I'm not entirely sure when she started filming. But I want to say it was from what I could tell in terms of when uh, when she starts appearing um, or, or when her camera starts uh, making its way into uh, the proximity of the, the politicians that it's I don't know, maybe four years, something like that, that she becomes, so she admits that she um, became aware of politics in her country in a new way. She all of a sudden became aware of the, of the congress and who these people are because up till that point you know uh she was kind of blissfully uh, she didn't feel like she needed to be um so this is a very detailed uh, chronological story of what has happened in brazil to its democratic systems over the last several years it also is in her emerging as somebody who um, is engaging in that. She's just engaging in a moment where things are in crisis. Mm. Um, there are, there, there's there's some stuff in there about her family and her mother and her father and also stretching back to her grandparents' generation and further and how there is a split in her family in terms of uh, the right and the left. Um, and so she she reckons with that and she does equate her own um, family's Split with the countries itself, and you know there are moments where that can feel a little convenient, but I think it's it's actually very helpful, and I think that it seems quite sincere too. Um, And to have a family where you feel like there is such a wide gap between some you know different generations, but also different parts of the family, Um, she admits that you know with, with the far right election. Uh, ascendancy of the last year that some people in her family voted for him. And so I, I bring that up almost, almost as a way of acknowledging that there is something that's so important and urgent about what she's doing by recounting how this happened. And I think as the more specific it gets in some ways, the more you can, you know, overlay it onto other situations like our own, um, but I don't think her ambition is to is to um, tell a different story other than than the one that's happening in Brazil, mm. um, you know. And 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 there's a way in which by introducing the personal element, um, it helps in terms of storytelling. It helps in terms of I, conveying some of those ideas. Her voiceover is there throughout she speaks throughout the film um these all in some ways help make this a more personal thing but i in 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 some ways even more effective at doing that is the level of detail because i I, you know it's it's a it's a easy thing to say but the more minute it gets the, the easier it is to i think compare those minute things to other democratic situations or to to think about how this is happening around the world right now
1: yeah well, I mean, sometimes, a, a, you know, even just a very detailed timeline of, of some sort, I mean, is so vital at, at, at a time where totally. you're just lurching from one yeah. moment to the next. Yeah. Um, I, I have to admit, when I first glanced at the title, I thought it said the end of de- democracy. Sure. Sure, um, and and I mean I I haven't seen the film yet, but just hearing you you sketch it out, um, it's it does remind me that there's a, a certain self consciousness now about democracy as something uh, especially fragile, mm-hmm. and maybe even a kind of a an exception to history, perhaps rather sure. than sure. the endpoint that we all or I don't know, let's say a lot
2: of us hope it, it it can be. Well, that's, and I can certainly relate to that too, is that we've lived <laughs> a lot and we've seen a fair amount, certainly maybe in, in between the two of us in the second half of our lives. But there is something about thinking you were born into a certain type of reality and thinking that the world existed in a certain way and to have that so challenged that, compared to other eras of history may not be that significant or maybe quite typical but for it's it there's no denying the fact that if you're born into a reality assuming that democracy is we were something we we're all you know um accepted as a, a, a the best of all options potentially right. um or the the most successful option considering what came before it or what was in Combating it or at other points in the 20th century, to 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 all of a sudden be thinking like, well, maybe this is maybe it's, maybe this is just a blip in history, and that democracy right. is not actually something that has any hold. Yeah, that's for as long for as long as history is. I don't think anybody's going to take away from those of us who were born when we were born to have to to observe things potentially falling apart. That's 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 it's unique in its own way. Yeah. Ah. So anyway um nice to bring I, us down eric with the i didn't petra brought us down that's true, that's or, true. or 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 yeah the <laughs> the far right in brazil the far right in brazil has brought us <laughs> has down, brought us down. Is the far right is bring us down everywhere right now i mean i'll keep talking if you want because then i saw apollo 11 directed by todd douglas miller um whose previous film is dinosaur 13 unrelated but apollo 11 is more like apollo 13 and that is a is indeed about one of the uh moon missions put together by our fellow americans at nasa and uh 11 (laughs) is an entirely archival chronological time-stamped narrative of the apollo 11 mission from uh several hours in advance of launch uh, through the entire nine-day mission, um, and then in the days following. Um, that's the full arc of it, and it's all based on archival footage that apparently, for the most part, has never been seen that uh, comes from, I guess, three different formats, 35mm, uh, millimeter, 16 millimeter, and 70. 70, or is it 65? 65, 65 correct. 65. Right. So sixteen thirty-five, sixty-five 65 millimeter footage, you know, uh, yeah, I've, I'm a sucker for this sort of thing. I mean, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I want to look at this. I want to look at this footage and I, it's, I, it's, I'm having a hard time an hour later, quite articulating what I saw or articulating how I might feel about it. But I mean, flat out i was riveted for 90 minutes to to watch uh to, to watch it play out to see it moment by moment which i've never seen i mean there are plenty of narratives about out there about this there's first man from earlier this year there are other you know innumerable documentaries tv movies whatever based on this um to see it without any Voiceover without any real explanatory title cards for the most part, um, to have it just be presented to you th- through the imagery um, and th- through amazing sound design. Um, I was into it. You know, it's something I want. Something I want to sit in front of and would sit in front of again. Um, there's also a pretty great score, too. Right. Which, yeah, I mean, I was a little skeptical when I first started hearing it because it's electronic and there's something about space and electronic music that seems a little bit too. Easy. Um it's a moog. Isn't but it's it? a moog, which is yeah.
0: Pick up your copy of the new issue of Film Comment, with features on Jean-Luc Godard's The Image Book and Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace, and a special section on the best films of the year, plus reviews of the latest releases. Subscribe today at filmcomment.com. Support for Film Comment comes from Sundance Institute and the Sundance Film Festival, returning January 24th through February 3rd in Park City, Salt Lake City, and Sundance Resort. Discover the 2019 lineup, including world premiere films, VR experiences, panels, and more at sundance.org slash festival.
1: You know, I, I saw this movie too under different circumstances where it was, but still introduced by the director. I, I, I thought he was explaining that the Moog... Was actually not electronic,
2: right? Right, right. It's it, it's, 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 it's actually like a, more analog. Yeah, it's like a air based. Yeah, analog. Yeah, yeah. 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 but but it not it, my department. But yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want a, to have a, it. A, not officially electronic, and it's still an early electronic mu- instrument. Like I don't want to get into it. I don't want to stand between the electronic music people and the yes. you know, uh, acoustic. Music people, no, no. I'm sure that it was plugged in. Let's put it <laughs> that way. But nevertheless, I was, I was, in, I was really into the score. It, it's not there throughout. It comes in in moments, and uh, in some ways, it, it is really useful. I think in terms of putting stitching things together because it winds up being bridges in between areas where there's a lot of archival footage and not a lot of archival footage, or to get you move you forward by hours. Um, and uh, it, I was into it. Um, anyway, how did you feel about
1: it? Well, I, I, I also, you know, just like looking at it, you know, I mean, it's a part of it is because it's, it's just, it's so bracing the, the, purity of the color
2: it's, it's and the
1: clarity right? it it doesn't even make sense that it looks this good i know i, I don't I, know. I don't really I, I don't fully understand it i don't i don't to be honest i'm a little ignorant about whether it was restored
2: footage i guess it must have been well it little. is i mean i heard i mean it was the, the q a just now and there's a yeah i mean it actually it helped me understand a little bit of uh why you would because they were talking about how there were 30th anniversary restorations of some of the stuff and how of some of this footage, I guess, and why you would go back to that negative it was restored 10 years ago digitally. And I guess it's because we've come to a point where you can get more information out of the negative than you could have gotten 10 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, yeah. you know. But, but now that I'm saying this, that contradicts... There's, I've heard two different things today, which is that most of this has never been seen. Right. And they're talking about restoring footage that was restored 10 years ago. So, you know, there's no yeah. doubt that there is a certain amount of... Maybe a little bit of, of of being very proud of all of this footage that right. wants to present it as all being unseen before. It's hard to imagine that it's all been unseen considering how yeah. documented and how um, much interest there has always been in this. Yeah, I I, ha- I had the sense that I was I was
1: kind of watching something that had shown it. You know, a planetarium or a museum. You right. know, screen. It's right. at, at some point. Um it, it. it I, I, felt he had a very light touch in putting it together, so that it, it almost, it did feel like it was like. This is no nothing against the, the director, but it felt like it was a previously assembled uh-huh. bunch of, of footage, and I think that speaks to having a kind of light, light touch right. of putting it together. Right.
2: I mean, it's it's it, it, in terms of archival film construction yeah. and who, who's the actual artist behind it which yeah. i think is always a worthy conversation but yeah. very rarely happens at least he actually this simplifies things a little bit in that he edited the film as well yes. so his hands are <laughs> on it in that way whatever it's you want. true yeah yeah
1: and it's yeah i mean it doesn't i i i don't think it even i think the music does most of the playing up of of suspense i think that's or, right yeah. or, or more than anything else i there, mean there's a, there's some
2: montage moments but i thought we're actually successful
1: yeah and split screen stuff and he does up, up to three i think uh, you know but there there are key moments where that are sort of let's say like you know if you were at, at a movie theater obscured view you know <laughs> like when, when they're <laughs> yeah. when they're futzing about on the, on the moon and you're seeing it with like half of you half of the screen is is covered by some part of the the um yeah the rover or whatever the hell it's called um either sure. I, whenever i watch something like this I, i'm something like five years old again like <laughs> <laughs> Where, you know, trying trying to memorize the different parts of the rocket. The whole thing is, is complete folly to me as well. Like the idea uh, the, uh, the engineers figured out like these three or four improbable, you know, phases to this yeah. and that they would I know. all work. I know. You know, uh, I mean, speaking of fragility of democracy, like also fragility of like space travel, you know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. um, um, Also coming at an interesting moment when it seems like every auteur, every other like auteur is you know is is doing some sort of space movie between you know sure. like claire denis doing high life james gray coming up with ad astra um plenty of sort of lesser filmmakers doing stuff along the way yeah. um yeah um, yeah and then first man itself being you know a sure. space and i have to think that was maybe a little connect i wonder if they apparently were connected they were in touch with these two film okay. projects so um damien chazelle gave is okay well, f- he's he's in town. He's on. Oh, he's he a
2: juror this year. We can ask him. Oh, okay. Get him on. Get him on here.
1: Crap! I shouldn't talk talk crap. About this. So, <laughs> he's gonna come after me. Yeah. So I mean, Apollo Eleven. I mean, I also kind of like that they showed that on on the first day here. It, you know, yeah. I don't know. It it's it, it's almost like a a dowdy endeavor compared to like the various things that you know exciting young first time <laughs> filmmakers have coming
2: behind them. You know what I mean? Right. This is like. So well, in some ways, it's kind of like a great traditional opening tradition. night film because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not going to take too much heat. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, like, <laughs> it's not going to put too much weight behind a certain filmmaker over other filmmakers. Right. Yeah, it was, it was in the, the second year theater, The Ray, which is the theater that the festival itself, I think, was behind constructing mm. um, in the, the glorious parking lot behind the old Yarrow Hotel. Hmm. um but a good theater and great screen good sound for there so yeah well
1: that i mean we could talk about maybe one more film or i could talk about one more film if, totally up to you because okay. you,
2: you're, the, you're the one who saw another film
1: i did see i there is one more film i could talk and i think i will just because it's it's timely because it's um it's it's just screened and native sun um is not the film I'm going to talk about because I think it's kind of, it's not something I want to rush through. I think Native Son, when we'll chew over and talk about on on maybe our next episode. Um, memory is what I want to talk about. Memory, the movie that is, <laughs> um, And this is a documentary about Alien, the movie. Um, and I can't say that I'm ordinarily a fan about movies, fan of movies about movies. Hmm. Um, it just, it's kind of gilding the lily if it's a movie you like.
2: Is that the expression I want? <laughs> it's, midnight. it's midnight. God knows. It sounds good to me. But a movie about a movie, it's a documentary about a movie. It's a documentary it's a, about a movie, yes. Okay. Um by You don't mean like the Shadow of a Vampire movie about a movie. No, but
1: that's interesting. Interesting movie to bring up in the in the in the year of Willem Dafoe as Vanguard. Is it the year. Himself. Oh <laughs> it, it always the year of. Everything's gotta be the year of. Um to learn how to sell things, you know? <laughs> Teach you a little salesmanship, a little showmanship. Here. Show me. Show me the way. <clears throat> um, Memory is the only documentary about Alien. I don't know if that's true, but that was just supposed to be an example of selling something. <laughs> not uh, a documentary about aliens. Uh, no, it's not. Um, It is about the, the first one, uh, which I guess among alien aficionados, there are definitely camps of people mm. who... Prefer aliens to alien and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I find it's a some sometimes effective, uh, like, not Rorschach test, but kind of lit mm. litmus test for what, what appeals to you about science fiction. What appeals to you? And there's there's sort of generational or and how much each one speaks to you as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is directed by Alexandra O. Alexandre. Oh, Philippe. <laughs> I had to go full Franco. You did the head tilt too, I, when you. I did. <laughs> I just got to get it out somehow. Um, who um, only a couple of years ago did a documentary, had a documentary at Sundance about Psycho, which I believe was called Seventy Eight Fifty Two. And this this is a movie I, I went in, went in with low expectations because I'd rather just watch Alien again. But I think it did what a you know, a movie about a movie can do, which is just be kind of like watching a great conversation, but between really knowledgeable people. Um, And, um, you know, and so that it kind of gets beyond the level of a DVD extra Mm -hmm. Um, and just slicing it from lots of different angles. Because I think a lot of of documentaries that are about cinema or even about cinema movements, Mm -hmm. they kind of sell the viewer short they kind mm. of think mm. you're only going to be able to take a kind of cartoonish look at things and maybe have handle like a couple of experts. This one kind of goes all out and looking at it from multiple perspectives, um, you know, pulling together interviews from actors living and, and, and dead. Uh, John Hurt, especially, rest in peace. Mm. And other than the guy who had to be there talking about Joseph Campbell... I was quite happy to watch all of it. Um, it was just I thought it was George Lucas talking about Joseph. Campbell? No, just a guy, an expert in <laughs> Joseph Campbell, who's always there to just <laughs> slather on the symbolism and explain how everything corresponds to these like you know sub Jungian archetypes and things. You know, completely boring, but and it ultimately just became kind of entertaining because he, he it just seems so over the top. Um, when everyone else was saying kind of interesting things. Okay. So, and and generally a movie that also kind of keeps the mood at at that, you know, v- that very spookily level, um, level, speaking of low energy, it's kind of spookily <laughs> world running down kind of feel of Alien that you get of yeah. that like abandoned spaceship. The movie itself it plays things kind of low key. Okay. Which again, I like, like you don't have to, you know, I don't think you have to play up Alien, you know? Right. Uh, And, you know, they touch upon the various controversies of it, sometimes explicitly, sometimes implicitly. You know, like, who designed what, kind of like, where really, you know, with a movie that has such a, like, recognizable, I don't want to say iconic, because it's a terrible word, but beast, uh, you know, it's it's like, where did that come from? Um, And uh, and memory. Um, Why is it called memory?
2: Because neither of these names... Are the most obvious names for films about films?
1: Yes, uh, memory is called memory because I I don't want to give it away. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, the, but it is explained in the film. Okay. Um, and um, okay. yeah, it's a little bold in that maybe it's a kind of an abstract thing to call you know yeah. a, a, a sci-fi horror movie just memory. But uh, yeah, they they do explain it. It's it's among part of the digging they do in, in, in archives or just pulling up fun, like mm. old typewritten sheets of paper to show you things. Okay. But uh, yeah, memory. There was memory. And, and that, I should say, I guess is the opening midnight movie? Oh. No, it's not. That's wrong. Is it? It's I the midnight section. Sort of a late night movie. Maybe it's a midnight movie. I should really get this straight. So you'll have to watch the movie to know why it's called Memory. But truth be told, the full title is Memory, The Origins of Alien because I'm sure whoever produced it wasn't going to let him get away with just calling it memory, especially since his last one was called 7852. <laughs> uh So, yeah, that, that was, that was the, the last one, speaking chronologically, on um, Thursday, yes. the first day of screenings at Sundance. So where does that leave us? Excited for more movies, that's where.
2: Yes, it does. Take care of your hemoglobin. Thank you. I'm going to do, do some vitamin C and try to stay healthy yes. myself.
1: Everyone's having vitamin C. Everyone's eating healthily. And I don't know why I just turned into someone's dad. Uh, but at any rate, uh, please do tune in uh, tomorrow where we will have our next installment of our Sundance Adventures. Looking to be a pretty packed day. I yeah. don't know about you, Eric. but Yes, a very packed day. Um, So we'll have plenty to talk about. And we'll also be joined another wonderful contributor uh, to be named later. We like our surprises. So uh, come on back and listen to us again. See you on the slopes. You've been listening to the Film Comet Podcast with music by Greg Eingy. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comet is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, arthouse, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comment, Or check out our app, available on Android, iOS, or Kindle.